going to read to you a passage of scripture, and then uh, we'll have another video uh, with someone reading um, a story to you. This is from Matthew chapter 6, and on Ash Wednesday, I read a bunch of verses leading up to this passage. So this is Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please watch this video. Once upon a time, there was a family who lived on a boat. The family owned two treasure chests. One was a wooden chest with a heavy metal lock. In it, they stored all of their money, jewelry, and fancy clothes. This chest was precious to the family. The other chest was invisible. It could only hold invisible treasures. In this invisible chest, the family stored their love for each other, their determination, their hope for the future, and all of their generosity. This chest was very precious to the family. The family protected both treasures. Sometimes the invisible treasures, like generosity, would inspire them to give away some of their visible treasures. The invisible treasures would keep growing no matter how much they gave away, no matter how empty the wooden treasure chest became. One day, there was a leak in the boat. Water began rushing in. The family escaped and swam to shore while their boat sank. They cried, everything we owned is gone. Our treasure chest, all of our money, we'll never see it again. One family member looked over on the beach and saw nothing but her family. Her heart felt warm, even though her skin felt cold. Hey, everybody, our invisible chest is here. It survived the sinking. They looked around. Even though they were very sad to have lost their boat and their wooden treasure, and their wooden chest of treasures, they still had their hope, love, determination, and generosity. That day, they picked up their even larger invisible chest, and they started again. Today, we're going to be talking about treasures. Jesus gave the the command to not store up treasures on earth, but to store up treasures in heaven. And this is part of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. It's one of Jesus' most famous sermons, and oftentimes scholars will think that, or we as readers will think that it's like he sat down one day and preached this whole sermon. But the reality is scholars believe that these are a series of sayings that Jesus said throughout his ministry and the authors of the Gospels kind of put all of these sayings together and said, this is the heart of what Jesus' message was. And so I want to read to you a little bit more because we get this one little glimpse of him talking about not storing up treasures in heaven, but he goes on to talk about what I think is the heart of all of these little sayings. So I'm going to start again with verse 19. Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth where moth and rust eat them, and where thieves break in and steal them. But instead, collect treasures for yourselves in heaven, where moth and rust don't eat them, and where thieves don't break in and steal. Because where your treasure is, there your heart is as well. 
The eye is the lamp of the body. Therefore, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how terrible that darkness will be. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve both God and wealth. I think that the heart of what Jesus is saying is about integrity. This whole little passage going from the treasures in heaven to the treasures on earth and what we see is where we find light or where we find darkness is about living our lives with integrity and not necessarily like doing the right things or doing the wrong things, but it's about being true to who we are as we are grounded in our faith and understanding the grace of God. We can sometimes build our lives to be attractive, right? Like, it's not hard to put on a show. And Jesus talks about that earlier in this, about showy prayer, about not being like the hypocrites who stand in front of a group of people and act very high and holy and very lofty, but be humble in our faith. And he talks about fasting and how Oftentimes when people fast, they like to let everybody know that they're fasting. But what Jesus is saying is live your life with integrity. It's not about what other people see and it's not about what other people know. It's about what's going on inside of you that matters. I remember one day doing a children's time here at the church and actually it happened a few times that somebody would bring a package of something to me. And we would talk about how it's not the packaging that matters, it's what's inside that matters. And how that, how that is how our life is also. We can wear the flashiest clothes and drive the best cars and live in the biggest houses. We can go to the best schools and, and have the most money and, and have like really important jobs. None of that matters to the eyes of God. Dr. Willie Jenkins, who's a professor at Yale Divinity School, was leading a seminar that I was part of a few months ago, and he was talking about how Christians ought to be flooding our city council meetings. And that Christian churches ought to be the ones in city council meetings holding the council people accountable for making sure the least and the least less recognized people are being recognized. Not necessarily me and people who look like me, but people who are struggling to live in this world, the city council needs to recognize them. And he said something to me that, or to us, the group I was in, that I have not forgotten and I hope I never will. He reminded us that when you stand in the presence of somebody who's an elected official, whether that be the president or whether that be a, a, a school board member, that God is no respecter of persons. The titles that we carry, God does not respect or care about. What God cares about is what's happening in our hearts. And so when Jesus starts to talk about the eye is the lamp of the body, therefore, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Blind people can have healthy eyes in the eye of God. Because it's not about actually what you're literally seeing, it's about what you're taking in. 
So today, as we start our Lenten journey together on the first Sunday of Lent, I want to encourage you to take some time this week to figure out what your priorities really are. Not what they should be, because you know what they should be, but figure out what your priorities are. Look at your browser history on your phone and on your computer and take a look at what you are spending time looking at. Go to Amazon and see what you've been shopping for and what you've been spending your money on. Look and see on your phone what you spend your time doing when you're on it. Are you playing games? Are you doing research? Or are you actually communicating with other people, which is what the tool is meant to do? And then compare all of that with what your priorities really ought to be. The family in the story that Elise was reading to us found that they had these two treasure chests, which is fine, right? But you can't serve both treasure chests at the same time. One treasure chest was full of wealth and things that could amass, that, that rust and moths could break in and eat, and that thieves could steal. The other treasure chest was full of memories and love and relationships, <coughs> excuse me, and the things that really are the most important. And when they thought they lost both treasure chests and they found one, they realized that the one they found is truly the most important. My encouragement to you for this week, and I'm going to try to give homework every week during Lent, but my, my homework for you this week is to sit down and really be intentional to figure out what your lived priorities are, what you're taking in. Are you taking in through your eyes and your ears and maybe even your mouth things that are good, and are full of light? Or are you taking in things that are going to bring darkness to you? Because living with integrity is saying, this is who I am. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And go through all of the things that we believe, saying that's who I am. But a person who lives with integrity can measure their actions against what they say, and they match up. And I think one of the challenges that we have as followers of Jesus is that we have forgotten who we are. We have allowed our culture to separate us and divide us based on things that may or may not have anything to do with our faith. And when the world looks at us, they see that. And what we want them to see is who we really are. But for them to see that, we have to live it. This week, uh, some friends of mine and I have started reading this book together. It's called The Word in the Wilderness, a poem a day for Lent and Easter. And it's written by the poet Malcolm Guite. Malcolm uh, Guite is a, an Anglican priest. And I wanted to read to you a poem that he wrote for Friday. What he's doing is he's going through the temptation of Jesus on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then yesterday he talked about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. But this is uh, a poem called All the Kingdoms of the World. So here's the deal, and this is what you get. The penthouse suite with world-commanding views, the banker's bonus and a private jet, 
control and ownership of all the news and in to that executive exclusive 1% who know the score and who really run the show with interest on every penny lent and sweeteners for cronies in the know. A strange arrangement between me and you, no hell below or heaven high above, you just admit it and give me my due and wake up from this foolish dream of love. But Jesus laughed. You are not what you seem. Love is the waking life. You are the dream. He goes on to say some, what I feel like are prophetic words. He says, we as Christians are naturally concerned with justice and fair dealing in the worlds of finance, commerce, and trade. But we seem to have lost sight of the long Christian tradition and the substantial Christian teaching that there is something essentially tainted and corrosive in the desire for worldly preeminence and success. A symptom of this amnesia, this serious spiritual malaise that afflicts our culture, can be found in our extraordinary use of the word exclusive as a positive term. The liberal West is allegedly the most inclusive culture that has ever existed, we deploy a great deal of rhetoric about including the marginalized and take care that everyone should use politically correct and inclusive language, but this, of course, is just a fig leaf. One look at the advertising in any magazine or on any website, one glimpse of the commercials that saturate our airwaves tells a different story. Any estate agent advertising residential properties or homes as they like to call them, as though a home was something you could sell, reveals that their favorite word is exclusive. Come and view these exclusive flats. Or come with us on this luxurious and exclusive holiday. And nobody, not one of us, asks just who is excluded. Nobody responds to these ads with a letter saying, I'm interested in your product, but perhaps I am one of those unfortunate people whom you and your exclusive clientele would like to exclude. No one asks themselves, what is it in me that is being roused and appealed to here? For it is not our generosity, our courtesy, or our sense of community that is being worked in this call to exclusivity. I think... When Jesus was telling us to not store up treasures on earth, but to store up treasures in heaven, what he was saying is you already know how you ought to be living. You already know the things that are most important. But be careful to what you're seeing. Be careful about what you're listening to. Be careful where you find your desires being pulled, because those will reveal whether you are living as you say you want to live or not. And it's not about us being better people. It's about us being who we really are. Because we really are good. But we get distracted sometimes. And we forget what our priorities are. So this week, I hope that you will take the time and have the courage 
to truly examine your life as I'm going to do. And put pen to paper and figure out where I'm missing the mark so that I can use this time of Lent to get myself to where I really already know I could be. This is a time of experiencing grace because it's not about us beating ourselves up. It's about us learning to grow and to get on the path that we want to be on in the name of our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen.